This is episode 341, How to Communicate When You Feel Scared with Amanda. Welcome to Over It and On With It. I'm your host, Christine Hassler, and for over a decade, I've been a life coach, speaker, and author. Each week, you'll hear me work directly with a caller as I coach them through a goal they want to accomplish or an obstacle they may be facing. I'll provide a blend of practical and spiritual advice as well as tangible actions you can apply to your own life. Now, let's get on with the episode. Welcome to the show, everybody. As a reminder, every Wednesday, you get a live, unscripted, unedited, unproduced coaching episode between me and an amazing, courageous caller who I've never spoken to before. So you get the the real deal. And every Saturday, you get Coach's Corner, which are interviews that I do with people that I think are really interesting or Sometimes we'll air interviews of me on other people's show. And while I'm on maternity leave, which is now, as you're listening to this episode, we're re-airing some of the best podcasts that have aired over the years with 300 and something, nearly 400 episodes. We've got a lot of good ones that you may have missed. So there's always fresh stuff on the show. Thank you for tuning in. Please subscribe. Please keep coming back. Please rate and review the show. If you're loving this show and you're getting so much value from the coaching episodes, but you want to do a little deeper work and you really resonate with the work that we do on the show, I highly encourage you to join my personal mastery course. My personal mastery course is the foundational training of my work. I take you through how to really transform and heal on the emotional, mental, behavioral, and spiritual level. I share so many tips and tools, a lot of which you've heard me talk about on the show, but go way deeper. Like maybe you've heard me talk about on this show, anger release. I physically show you how to do it. I take you through release writing. I take you through the empty chair process. All the things that you've heard about, if you've been a longtime listener, I dive deeper in and teach you how to do it and show you how to do it. And there's so much we don't talk about on the show that I teach in personal mastery. Personal Mastery is also a community. We have a beautiful Facebook page and we have monthly calls. For a year of your Personal Mastery membership, you get to get on a call with me once a month, a group coaching call, and I answer your questions. It's a 90-minute call. I get to a lot of people. It's another way to ask questions about the course, get coaching on things that are coming up. So maybe you really wanted to get coached on the show, but you don't really want to be on the show. Well, Personal Mastery is how you can get coached by me without having tens of thousands of people listening to you. It's only other people in the mastery program that would listen. So if you would love to join us, go to christinehasler.com slash mastery. Check it out. Like I said, it's super, super comprehensive. And because you are my devoted listener, I want to give you $100 off of the course with the promo code over it. Just again, go to christinehasler.com slash mastery. Check out in the promo code tab, type in over it, O-V-E-R-I-T, and you get $100 off. Again, you get to join me for a year of coaching calls as well. And then the course itself with all the content and videos and worksheets, that's yours forever. So I love today's episode because I think so many of you can relate to feeling really scared when it comes to communicating, not communicating with a server in a restaurant, but communicating with people that matter, your most important relationships and communicating things that are hard. That can bring up a lot of fear in us a lot of anxiety, we can have a physiological response. And for many of us, like Amanda today, it can put us into a trauma response, meaning that we're in present day, but our body, subconscious and nervous system is in the past. And we're afraid that whatever trauma happened to us in the past is gonna happen to us again. And so we have trouble and difficulty communicating. 
So as you're listening to this coaching session, consider, do you have trouble really speaking up for yourself and communicating your needs? Do you often get angry and lash out because your needs aren't being met and you're not communicating? So all of a sudden you just explode. Do you have difficulty, quote unquote, calming yourself down when you're in a trauma response? And do you know what it means to regulate your nervous system when you are in a trauma response? So keep those questions in mind as you listen to my coaching call with Amanda. Amanda, welcome to the show. How can I help? Hi, Christine. So I'm a little nervous. That's okay. Um, (laughs) My question, I think, or maybe my concern is how to feel more safe and less afraid, especially around communication, Mm. in particular with my partner. I have a really uh, difficult time not going into a trauma response when I feel like you know, I'm watching and listening to tone and I'm watching, um, you know, body movements and all of that. When I get triggered by those things, I kind of go into this trauma response and I either fight back or I run away. In some relationships, I tend to fawn more Mm -hmm. um, and just be like, you know, about the other person completely. And sometimes when I feel like I'm fighting back, I get really angry. Mm -hmm. So I'm just wondering how to work through that. Okay. Well, you have a lot of awareness of your trauma response, which is amazing. And have you done any trauma therapy or trauma work? Have you worked with anyone that's taught you how to regulate when that response comes up? A little bit. I've done some EMDR and kind of worked through that with my therapist. Has it been helpful? It has been helpful. It has been helpful. We haven't done it for a while. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, there's a couple things that I'll share and then we'll go, we'll go from there. And we don't have to get into your story or your past in order to have this conversation. We can, if you'll find, you think it will find, you'll find it helpful. There's a couple things that I'll say right off the bat, and then we'll talk more about, you know, what exactly is happening, you know, what kind of communication is difficult. So anytime we're in a trauma response, as my coach Mona used to say, we're basically time traveling. So our physical body's in the present moment, but our nervous system's in the past. And the brain's having a hard time distinguishing, is this a safe place or am I back to my trauma? And I know you know this, I'm just reminding you. So when I say, do you know what I mean when I say, and it's not a quiz, I just want to know if you know, do you know what I mean when I say regulate your nervous system? Not really. Okay. Like, well, kind of, sort of like, you know, um, take some deep breaths, you know, and I, and I try all that, but I still like, I can feel my heart racing. I can feel, you know, I'm short of breath, all of those things. Right. Right. So sometimes it's hard to take deep breaths when we are in a trauma response and that panic and that anxiety and that physiological response of the body is happening. So sometimes that doesn't work. It actually backfires because we're trying to calm. (laughs) It's like throwing the brakes on when you're going a hundred miles per hour. It's super jarring. It's better to pump the brakes or take your foot off the gas and let the car naturally slow down. So what can be more helpful is to move the energy, to get up and shake a little bit, to shake your body a little bit or a lot, 
to kind of move that energy out, to make sounds. A really good way to regulate is to make low sounds like, ah, ah, like those kinds of sounds that really get Mm -hmm. into the gut. Another good thing to do is to name it. My heart is racing. I'm feeling a little sweaty. I feel like my heart's going to pound out of my chest, like really naming it. Another good thing to do is presence yourself. So squeezing parts of your body, like squeezing your legs, squeezing your arms, doing anything that is tactile and, and makes you realize, okay, I'm in this present moment. Other things that can help are looking around the room and naming things. So like right now I can see someone walking their dog outside. I can see my picture on the wall. I can see my computer screen. It's February 8th. Like it's whatever helps you kind of get into the present moment. So those are all things that may work better for you than trying to take some deep breaths. Does that make sense so far? Yeah. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, one of the biggest things is, is moving the energy, right? Because if we have that heart mm-hmm. racing and that jittery feeling, trying to take deep breaths, it's really hard. But if we stand up and we shake and we're like, oh, oh, oh make some sound, it, it helps move that energy out. Because, you know, when we're in a trauma response, it's, it's triggering stuck energy. And so by mm-hmm. trying to take a deep breath, it just kind of sometimes pushes the energy down. You know, yeah. if we can take a deep yeah. breath with sound, that helps because it leaps, it kind of moves it. But honestly, shaking and moving and jumping up and down, that can help more than trying to, quote unquote, calm ourselves down. So those are just some tactical things. Do you think you can try some of those things and see if they help a little bit? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Okay, great. And then the other thing is before having conversations that you're nervous about, is once again to name it, to come to the conversation and say, I'm really nervous about having this conversation with you. I feel my heart racing. I feel myself wanting to shut down. And I know it's really important for me to communicate. So my request is, could you just hold my hand when I talk and please just listen until I'm finished without interrupting me? I'm just making these requests up, but can you see how just presencing all of that creates a safe space and puts you more in a place of empowerment? When we are in a trauma response, we're time traveling back to a time where we had no voice, no power, and no dominion over our experience. So the more we can set ourselves up from the beginning to feel like we're quote unquote in control the less likely we are to time travel into that trauma response. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Makes perfect sense. So those are just some overview advice, but now let's talk a little bit more specifically, if that's okay with you. What, yeah. like kind of mm-hmm. walk me through an example of when this happens to you. So it's usually in my most important relationship, right? With my partner. Okay. And Instead of like talking about hard stuff or talking about anything because I'm scared of how he's going to respond because he has this really big energy, right? It's he's very passionate and just very loud. And so all of those things for me are really difficult. But if we are to sit down and have a conversation and, you know, I'm nervous about it, I will preface with, hey, like, This is really hard for me to talk about. Can you just listen? Sometimes it goes well and other times it doesn't. And 
in those times when it doesn't, it sends me back to the trauma response. So I'm like looking for all of the cues, right? The change in tone, the reaction that he's giving me. And that's really, really difficult. So instead of doing that, I see myself just not doing it, sweeping it under the rug, you know. Mm -hmm. And so I want to kind of break this down one piece at a time. So that big energy, who in your household had big energy, even big, maybe scary energy? Um, or who in your life from your past or who in your, you know, traumatic experience has had that? I think probably my stepmom. Okay. Tell me a little bit about that. Mm-hmm. Well, my parents were divorced when I was three and both of my parents remarried and my dad had remarried a woman who became my stepmom. And I just felt like I didn't belong. Mm-hmm. there was a lot of, she just had this really big energy and my dad went along with everything that she wanted to do. There wasn't any saying, you know, Hey, don't talk to my daughter like that or, mm-hmm. you know, that type of thing. Mm-hmm. So there's really no one standing up for you. Right. 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 So there was a powerless feeling. Yeah. Yeah. So why do you think you've attracted someone with a big energy? <laughs> Um, (laughs) well, because I need to learn something. (laughs) Well, heal something and reclaim something too, because what did you want back then? You wanted someone to stand up for you. You wanted someone to say, Hey, don't talk to me like that. And that's what little Amanda needs from you in these conversations. Mm -hmm. Whenever you Mm -hmm. sweep it under the rug, you are reinforcing that wound of dad not standing up for you. And reinforcing Mm -hmm. the belief that no one's there for me. Yeah. 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 That resonates. Mm -hmm. So in those times when he has that big energy, one thing to remind yourself of is this is not stepmom. I'm not little Mm -hmm. anymore. I'm a grown woman. And Mm -hmm. well, let me ask you this. Are you ever concerned that he'd physically harm you? No. But I think that that's part of the trauma response as well. Um, I was in an abusive relationship in my early 20s. Mm. And when I tried to communicate my needs is when it became physically violent. Mm -hmm. So I think that that's part of where the trauma response comes from. Of course. Yes. Does your partner know this? He does. Okay. Mm -hmm. So one request you might make of him, and maybe you've had this conversation, but you know, I believe that it's up to us to do our own individual healing and in relationships, we can become a healing ally for our partner. And there's certain things we can do for our partner that helps them heal. Like my husband knows that when he's super reactive, that's a really big trigger for me. And so one thing he can do for me is when I come to him with something that's hard for me to say, for him to remain open in his body position, not get reactive or defensive to like really hear me so I feel safe. Something mm-hmm. that he needs because he felt so judged as a child and so alone is when he comes to me with anything, whether it's something he did or something he's ashamed of or whatever it is, for like me, even if I'm really upset, like I can think of an example of something that happened and it was hard not to get upset about it, to be honest. But I knew that he was already in enough shame. And so my my 
role as his wife to be part of that healing container is to not judge him and shame him. So as much as we're sovereign beings and it's up to us to do our own healing and no one can heal us and we don't want to be codependent, it's also reasonable and healthy in a relationship to know each other's woundings and really be sensitive to it and do our part to help the other person grow. So like in the example of me sharing things that are hard for me, that's my stretch. Like I'm coming to him, I'm sharing things. He can make it easier for me by receiving me in a certain way. So I say all this to say to you, I think it'd be very important to have a conversation with your partner and Mm -hmm. kind of bring it up. Like, you know, I don't know if either one of you have ever adopted a dog that's been abused, but anyone knows that if you adopt a dog who's been abused, they have a flinch response and it takes Mm -hmm. them a long time to trust. And even though you're amazing as a pet owner, even though you would never hurt the dog, even though you provide this loving environment, there's still a flinch response and it takes a while for that to go away. And you can say to him, I'm not, you know, projecting my ex on you. I know you're not him. I know you wouldn't hurt me. I know that in my mind, but use the dog abused dog example. But just like the abused dog, I have a bit of a flinch response. It's totally subconscious. It's still in my body. I trust it will go away over time. But how you can help me is by doing X, Y, Z. Does that make sense what I'm encouraging you to say to him? Yeah. 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 And do you think he'd get it if you use the dog metaphor? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a great metaphor. And I think he he can relate to that. And what would your request be? What would you like him to do differently? So it's a little easier because you're committed to being vulnerable, right? That's what you're telling me. You're committed to, you know, if you weren't committed to communicating differently and speaking your needs and giving that little girl what she didn't get, you and I wouldn't be on the session right now, right? Like you want this, you're taking Mm -hmm. responsibility. You're not calling me and saying, my boyfriend's scary. He doesn't let me speak. You're saying, I go into a trauma response when I want to communicate. And it, I either, you know, don't speak up or I brush things under the rug. So I want to acknowledge you, Amanda, for taking responsibility because you're doing a really good job of taking responsibility. So, and because you are, that for lack of a better word, entitles you to make some requests as well. We're, we're not mm-hmm. entitled to make requests of other people when we're in blame <laughs> and we're not mm-hmm. taking any responsibility, but when we're really doing our best to own our end, then again, I don't like the word entitled, but I can't come up with a better word right now when we're entitled to make some requests. So what would your request of him be? To be more gentle in receiving, you know, the things that I, that I have to say, even though they might be difficult. I think it goes back to like what you were talking about, about hold my hands or make some sort of contact, you know, Mm -hmm. and be able to, be able to speak first without interruption, mm-hmm. without opinions, et cetera, but to let me talk um, Perfect. and let me get it out. Perfect. I love that you gave great mm-hmm. examples because if you just say, be gentle, he's not going to know what that means. Right. But if you mm-hmm. say, I'd love for you to, you know, take my hand or put a hand on my knee, look me in the eye um, and breathe and, and let me mm-hmm. get it all out before saying anything. And you can also ask him to reflect back what he heard you say. So he doesn't immediately go into 
you know, explaining himself or offering solutions or anything like that, that he reflect back to what you said. And then the other thing that really helps me in my relationship is then my husband will ask me, what do you need from me? Okay. Mm -hmm. Because, oh my gosh, how empowering is that? Like Mm -hmm. how often did your stepmother or the man who abused Mm -hmm. you say, Amanda, what do you need from me? Never. No. Never. And that's part of the healing. And, you know, it sounds like he's committed to the relationship and I'm going to assume, and you can even play this episode for him. I'm going to assume that he would like you to go into trauma response less. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> because I get reactive too, right? Sure. In, in most situations, I, I get angry. I get very angry and I argue and I yell and I scream and then run away. Yeah. Yep. (laughs) It's basically my MO, right? Yep. Yep. Super common. So what may help with that too, is it sounds like you've got a little rage to release against stepmom and ex. Mm -hmm. A little, a little release writing, a little temper tantrum technique to, so that because Mm -hmm you don't want your rage at parents, step-parents, ex to be projected on him either. No. And mm-hmm. if he sees you shifting that, then he's going to be more inspired to shift some things in himself as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And sometimes he'll have that big explosive kind of personality. And, you know, that's something I've shared on the show before. I've learned about Steph. He just is a big, you know, he drops something and you'd think it was the end of the world. And I just, (laughs) (laughs) I just go, you know, he's, he's someone that gets it out. He doesn't hold things inside. And so I see it as a release. Now, if it were directed Mm. at me or he was not hearing, that would be a different story. But I, my, I've conditioned my nervous system to go, oh, that's just him having a release. And I know he'll be over it. Like he needs to have his release, get really upset, let uh, many profanities out. And then he's fine. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds like my partner. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just being able to release all that. So that's super helpful for me because, yeah. um, you know, right now I, I get scared. Right. Um, well, your little girl gets scared and the 20 something gets scared. Not present mm-hmm. day you. Big distinction. Right. right. So yeah. putting a hand on your heart saying, I'm safe. He's just releasing. This isn't directed towards us. We're safe. We'll help with that. Yeah. Does this give you some direction? Yes, very much so. Thank you so much. Oh, it's my pleasure. And thank you for the responsibility you're taking and the work that you're doing. You're really, you know, a lot of times it takes a relationship and and being in it, you know, being not just thinking about the tools or practicing the tools or talking about it in therapy, but actually being in a triggering situation to integrate the lessons and integrate the healing. So you're doing it. Yeah. Thank you, Christine. As I said to Amanda in this episode, I am so proud of her for how she's taking responsibility, how she is taking ownership. We are, again, I can't come up with a better word than entitled. (laughs) I'm sure many of you can. Words are not my strong suit right now as I'm recording this eight months pregnant, but we are entitled to make requests when we're taking responsibility. When we're in blame, uh uh-uh, nope. Don't even think about making a request to somebody else until you clean up your side of the street until you own your end, until you're doing your work, then you can make a request of someone else. 
So acknowledge Amanda for really owning her stuff, not going into victim, not going into blame and really saying, this is what's happening for me. This is what I'd like. How? And at that point, it's like, okay, this is what you need to do. And these are the requests that you can make. So I gave Amanda a lot of tips about how to regulate her nervous system. I think that there's a lot of misunderstanding about when someone's in panic or when someone's in anxiety or when someone's in a traumatic response, there's this urge to try to calm someone down. That's really hard. Any of you have ever had a panic attack or a trauma response, trying to take deep breaths and calm yourself down is great. And it can work to regulate the nervous system if that works for you. Yet it's difficult. One of the things that helps, as I told Amanda, is to shake and move the energy and make those guttural sounds, like just really move it. And then after some of that energy has been expelled, then you can take some deep breaths and start to calm down. Another thing that helps, and when I say calm down, what I mean is regulate the nervous system, come out of fight, flight, freeze, or fawn, regulate that nervous system back into its rest and digest place. And another way to do that is to make eye contact with someone. So whenever I'm facilitating and someone's in a trauma response, after I kind of take them through a different regulation techniques, I'll just say, stay with me, look at my eyes, because the more you close your eyes, the more likely you are to time travel. So the more you can open your eyes, make eye contact with someone, or notice the things around the room that brings you back into present day, and it tells your body and your nervous system, that was then, this is now, you're safe. So any of you facilitators or coaches, if anyone ever goes into a trauma response, that's one of the techniques. You don't want them to close your, their eyes. Open your eyes, look at me, I'm here with you. Keep eye contact. If you feel uncomfortable looking at me, look around the room, tell me what you see, bring them back to present day. So back to Amanda, that was one of my tips. And then my other tip, as you heard, was to make a request and do things that make her feel empowered. Because as you all know, when we've had any challenging situation, when we've had trauma, when something goes into our subconscious mind, body, and nervous system as a traumatizing event, we had no power. We had no control. That's why it was so traumatic. Trauma, too much, too fast, too soon. The feeling of a lack of control. So the more we can empower ourselves to have control, to speak our needs, to make a request, the more we're rewiring that in our brain and we're telling our body and our nervous system, I'm safe. I'm speaking my needs. I'm taking care of myself. I'm not a victim. I have dominion over this situation. So I hope this episode was helpful to you. Thank you again to Amanda, sending you all so much love and many blessings. Until next time. Thank you for listening to Over It Non With It. I love hearing from you. So please post your comments or questions at christinehasler.com slash podcast. That's also the place you can sign up to receive coaching from me in an upcoming episode. And if you love this show, please share it and subscribe on iTunes. You can find all my social media handles and sign up to be part of my community at christinehasler.com. Until next week, here's to getting over it and on with it. Much love and many blessings.